This is the BBC. This podcast is supported by advertising outside the UK. Before you get stuck into your podcast, I'm Jonathan Agnew talking you through a very new mini-series hitting Test Match Special. It's called Project Ashes. Over the last year, I've been speaking to the people who are in charge of England's attempts to win Down Under. It's loud. They let you know that they don't like you. Got to try and embrace it if you can. We're under no illusions. You know, in our last 10 tests, we're 9-0 down. England have only won once in Australia in the last 34 years. But could that change this winter? And in comes Pat Cummins from the far end. He bowls to Stokes, who hammers it for four! Come up against this baggy green thing that they keep talking about, and I'd love to, you know, stick one of them. This is Project Ashes. Listen on BBC Sounds. Now, back to your podcast. Guys, this is your warning. We do swear occasionally. Every now and then, we'll say the word. Sometimes. Sometimes. And even maybe. But don't let that put you off. We're nice people. We beep them out. So your kids can listen. (laughs) Enjoy. Cross strikes in the first over. It's what England were looking for. Hartley bowls down the track, comes scoring. This time, Chicken X. It's either six or out. It's six. Hello, and welcome back to No Balls Agree podcast with me, Alex Hartley, and you, Kate Cross. The home of the hat stacking World Cup. It's official. It's been done. It's been dusted. And we've got a winner. Everybody, we've got a winner. Congratulations to... South Africa's captain... Bavuma. Consistently brilliant. It was a tough final, I thought. I don't think the result, the the percentage of the votes actually... I don't think it recognised Marmadulla's effort. Neither. Well, you've actually just put some caps on. Well, we've put some caps on <laughs> for social media purposes. And you said, it's hurting my head having five caps on my head. Really did hurt. I did continue. I, I thought I'd try and get into the mindset and I carried on my day with the hats on. <laughs> I cooked the Sunday roast. I was cooking the Sunday roast, sorting the spuds out with my six hats on. But yeah, my forehead's a bit tingly now. <laughs> but we had Sunny's a cap, Sunny's, Sunny's cap, floppy for the winner. Brilliant. So good. Get your flops on. Get your flop on. Someone someone sent a message saying it was a it was a tough sorry if you can hear fireworks going off, that's for the winner. <laughs> <Bottom of him. laughs> um someone messaged us saying there there was a, a real simplicity, like a beautiful simplicity about Marmadulla's four hat effort and yeah. how perfectly aligned it was. But we've just thrown some some pictures out on social media and Bavuma. Every picture is of him with multiple hats on <laughs> so his head. So good, so good. Um so that's the start of our World Cup. Well, the end, sorry, of our World Cup hat stacking challenge. But we've actually watched the World Cup final. It's just, it's a bit of a non-event now that we've done the hat stacking World yeah, Cup, though, well, isn't it? I yeah. mean, congratulations, Australia, but what really, what have you won in the context of it? There was just, there wasn't much at stake, was there? Not like Bavuma and Marmadulla and No, they, the they were playing World for Cup. a lot more, weren't they? Yeah. By the way, there's no trophy. We were going to get one made, but then we realised it cost us money, so we didn't. <laughs> How are we going to get Bavuma's trophy? we just write his name on it. Send it to Mignon or Lazelle, they'd get it to him, wouldn't they? But it's been such a success. I'm going to do it. 
Oh, we're going to do it. We, you'll probably be there during the Women's World Cup in March. I'm really hopeful I can influence it, like really influence it. Um, but we don't have, we're not, a, we're not a culture that has many floppies. Yeah. The women's game, that doesn't yeah, see many floppies. Yeah, you peaks, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> World Cup cricket. Actually, seriously, congratulations, Australia. We've been watching it. Well, we've kind of been watching it together, haven't we? I've I've watched it most of it. You like you said you've slept. You've been a bit hungover today. Yeah, yeah. You actually said, "Should we zoom the podcast?" I said, "Absolutely not." <laughs> I don't want anyone to see me in this state. I uh, you went out for a run, being the athlete that you are, and I just had a little a little granny nap, a little snooze. Mm. <laughs> we actually we've had we've, we have been discussing cricket properly in this house today, and we all said that win the toss win the game especially in Dubai yeah because it made such a difference I don't understand why New Zealand batted the way they did when no when they've lost the toss I'd, I would so much rather than be 90 all out trying to get to like a big total a big 190 or 200 than just bat the way they did for that there's like a post power play yeah period. post power play over seven to what 12 yeah but it just did nothing until think... until Williamson had that over against Stark it, it was just yeah. a bit nothing wasn't it yeah it was a bit odd um Anyway, how are you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's the longest st- intro ever. We've started a cri- the No Balls Cricket podcast talking about cricket. This is the first for us. Well, we haven't. We talked about hat stacking. Yeah, that's true. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, I'm all right. I've had a tough week. Yeah. I've had a, a long week. We're like properly ramped up training and I'm shattered. A bit run down. Uni as well. You, yeah, I've got some assignments coming up. So I'm, but yeah, there's a lot going on, but I'm, I'm all right. You're all right. Yeah, how Just are you? Just all right just all right yeah, yeah i'm just all right as well it's been one of those weeks hasn't it um training's been good i've been enjoying it good which is uh the first nice <laughs> um went out last night did i wake you up when i got in yeah yeah was well out? i didn't go to sleep because i uh, i didn't go to sleep properly because i always know i'll get woken up yeah. so you were very quiet though i'll give you that well i was gonna i was taking my shoes off outside the front door so the heels didn't wake you up when i came in and then two blocks came out of their house and was like hi i was like Taking my shoes off so I don't wake my house up. <laughs> At 2 a.m. 2 a.m. Nice. He's like, okay. <laughs> nice. Um, I've got a few things on my sticky note that are in relation to the World Cup. So can we go back to cricket? Yeah, of course we can. Okay. So I've got written down a few things here. Conway. <laughs> Devon Conway. Broken his little finger. Because he punched his bat. And he had to miss the World Cup final. Imagine, I mean, now with hindsight, it's not a bad one to miss. But they could have got more if he was batting. Yeah, he could have influenced it, couldn't he? But who, who punches their bat that hard with a pair of gloves on? I, I'm convinced, I've said this to you, I'm convinced he's punched something else, like in the dressing room. You don't break your hand punching your bat with your glove on, surely. I've, in response to that, said that I just don't believe that they'd lie about it because they yeah. actually, he'd, he, punched his bat out on the pitch so they couldn't hide that but they would hide him doing it in yeah. inside but Duh. for me that's a really really poor bit of advertisement for his glove company <laughs> really poor yeah yeah didn't think of that but yeah missed the world cup final because he got angry because he got out in the semi-final punched his bat broke his hand and his team lost the world cup final he didn't even play a part in the hat stacking world cup he did selfish the other thing I've got written down is Rizwan. You see the story about him? Yeah. Like, incredible. In hospital for two days. So he didn't get out of hospital till 3am. 
of the game. It's like you coming in last night. <laughs> and then going to play cricket, except yeah. I wasn't in ICU. You were struggling this afternoon. But yeah, just amazing, isn't it? There's, it blew my mind that they managed to keep it quiet as well for the semi-final and no one knew that that had happened until after the game. I know, I know. But again, they lost, so... Yeah, well... It wasn't his these, fault he actually batted well. All these problems. <laughs> <laughs> but he's okay, he's fine, thankfully. Do we touch on England getting knocked out? We, I guess we should. Briefly? Could do. Unlucky, lads. Mm. Luckily, there's only 12 months till the next one. We go again. They're struggling, though, because they're on the plane with Australia yeah, going, oh, going over to the Ashes. You'd Can't be gutted. believe they're on the same plane. You'd be gutted, wouldn't you? Sam Curran just said on, on telly as well that it's either going to be a very, very quiet plane or a rowdy plane. But I think if I was, if I was the England man... I'd just get involved. Yeah, could, Get to the back of the to. plane, get to that bar. Yeah. Why not? You've got two weeks in isolation anyway. Oh, I didn't think about that. Fill your boots. Why not? Drown your sorrows. I actually feel really bad for England because they played so well. And then there was just those two overs yeah. against New Zealand. But that seems like ages ago now. It does, doesn't it? And I, oh, I feel so much for Jordan because he's getting a lot of flack for that over, isn't it? Yeah. Like genuine true cricket fans understand that he has not lost the game he he had an over that didn't go his way don't make him a bad bowler doesn't make him a non-competitor he just had one of those days that you really don't wish for when you go out to play and oh bless him oh well it can happen but australia they won we've decided that wade looks like <laughs> <laughs> right so he's doing movember which is obviously an amazing charity to yeah. support but he looks like he looks like he could be that bloke that turns up to service the boiler. He looks like he could be the bloke that cleans the window. He could be any kind of tradesman, I think. Yeah, he does look like a tradesman. Really do. But more so than any of the other lads that do in Movember, which really blows my mind. Yeah, there's something about him that I hate. Like, every time he speaks behind the stumps, I'm like, shut up. Yeah. But I don't even know him. He's probably a really nice guy. I'm sure he probably is. So good on you, mate. Yeah, he's uh, pop- popping around to do the flu, though, tomorrow, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he'll be any fit state to be sorting anyone's flu out tomorrow. Um, you got any more cricket on your sticky note? No, that's it for me. I've got something really big. I have got one more thing I would just like to say about England losing the World Cup semi-final. I saw a stat the other day that no favourite going into a T20 World Cup has won it, an England yeah. favourite, so you're almost better being crap leading up to I it. I thought India were favourites. No, the bookies' favourites were England. Really? Yeah, no oh. bookies' favourite has ever won it. I've been telling everyone the bookies' favourite was India the whole time. Oh, nice. Yeah. Say anything with enough conviction and people believe you. They do. Really do, they yeah. They do. Oh, yeah, yeah, but good fact that I used that on the radio. Nice, yeah. but wrongly, with the wrong team. Yeah. Moving on. Moving on. Um, my something that's really big, like really big, you don't like fish. I don't like... You don't like the idea of think food looking like it did when it was alive so i can't eat any type of food that looks like it did when it was living that's my that's my weird probably an lbw yeah so i can eat a piece of cod if it looks like a square because fish aren't square <laughs> chicken on the bone don't don't want to go near it no. lamb shank don't want to go near it ribs don't know well this week crossy you ate a prawn i ate seven prawns and like them and I text you about it. Honestly, podcast notes, I was like, this is a big deal. Yeah. I don't. I feel like people will be like, why, is, why are they talking about this? Why are they making this into anything for this podcast? But it is a real, I feel like it's a real pivotal moment of my life. It is. It's massive. I like, felt like I became an adult. Now I can, when I'm doing dinners, I can include prawn dishes into mm. our dinners. 
The thing about them that enticed me, because I, it was all my own accord, but they... Proud of you, 30 years old. <laughs> 30 years old and out of pro myself. They, they didn't look squishy, which puts me off a lot of food. I don't like soggy food. I don't like squishy food. Yeah, I don't like aubergine because it's like... Squishy. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean. So they they looked quite not dry makes me sound like they look bad, but they just, they just look delicious. I was like, I need to try one of them. And I even went up to the chef. I was like, I don't know how to pay you a bigger compliment than by telling you that I've tried a prawn for the first time because of just how they looked. And what did he say? He said, I didn't really get it. <laughs> but why would you? <laughs> yeah. Because it was odd. Yeah, it is odd. And I tried to explain the whole living what they look like when they're alive and dead kind of thing and he was he just looked at me like it's a bit weird so yeah. i just moved on oh fair enough but don't put them in a stew or a curry i don't think i'll be able to tackle no, them no. like that yeah we'll, we'll do baby dry prawns yeah baby steps um you said something to me this week oh, no. um we were just sat on the sofa watching telly <laughs> and out of nowhere you went why, why are you doing this i went do you know what i'm gonna say no. it's not bad you went I bet you're the kind of person that can make a crisp packet into a triangle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Out of nowhere, literally out of nowhere. Well, I'd just finished a packet of crisps and I, was, and I was like looking at it thinking I need to go and put that in the bin and said what I said. Yeah. And you replied with, well, yeah, I am. How did you know that? Yeah, but who, is that the next theory? Is it like pig and there rat? Are, there are two cri- types of people in the world. People that make triangles out of crisp packets and people that don't. Yeah. It's a simple skill. I can do a little, like, you, well, Instagram tutorial if people want to learn. Like, and I asked you, I said, do you want to know? And you went, no. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't want to know. But then when you gave it me, I was like, that's actually really impressive. So you're quite happy being a non-Chris Triangle person? Yeah, yeah. And you want to stay like that? Yeah. Right. Yeah, do you want to change who you are? Well, I can't unlearn it. No, that's very true. I just know how to do it now. <laughs> right. My note. For anyone that actually really like cares about the inner workings of this house and what we chat about yeah, and how deep it. the conversations are, this is it. We're teaching each other how to do crisp packets. I FaceTimed my dad this week and he was listening to the podcast, catching up on the train. Not while I rang him before. Um, and he was laughing out loud on the train until he realised where he was. And then he was like, Love gosh. those stories. Yeah, he's like, I can't believe I was that person that was like laughing out loud on the train listening to a podcast. And then he was like, blah, blah, blah. blah. And then he went, oh, he said, Crossy's just posted on her Instagram story because he gets notifications for certain oh, people. And he went, what would actually be good if I got a notification that said, Crossy and Alex went a day without posting on their Instagram <laughs> story. <laughs> I actually, that's weird you say that because I've been thinking about this a lot recently. About... There's just so much stuff that goes on there that people probably really don't care about. Yeah, yeah. And I, I actually have tried to kind of whittle down and tried to make the the highlights be the highlights, not an every minute of every day of what I'm doing. Yeah. I've had a lot of dog content recently. You, you actually came back saying I want a dog. You have a lot of crap content. I know I do. You're genuinely like, what are you doing? Yeah, I did enjoy my my leaf blower content. That was great. I was just thinking about that as an example of good content. Dancing on a chair last night, crap content. Terrible content. Funny though. Just letting people know you went out and got drunk. Yeah. If anyone didn't know, I went out last night. Yeah. Tough day today. Tough day. <laughs> um, do the leaf blower story though, because people who've not seen that will yes. now be wondering what that is. So I got woken up by the leaf blower and I thought, I called it a, a leaf jet wash, but it's a leaf blower. Um, 
So I looked out the window and thinking, oh, what time is it? It's half past eight in the morning. I've got a lie in today. Woke me up. They'd only done half the car park and left the other half unleaf blown. So well, they blew the leaves into, into the <laughs> other half, didn't they, really? So it was almost like a bit of, I don't know what the word is, a bit of sabotage. Yeah. Um, so I've come up with a theory that the owners of this building and the owners of the next door building fell out. It's funny you say that because in the summer they did jet wash the car park and they cleaned it, but they only cleaned half of it. Yeah. So my half where my two car parking spaces are didn't get cleaned, but now there's no leaves on them. So so maybe, yeah, it's leaf blower versus jet wash. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. Remember in lockdown when everyone was jet washing stuff? My dad got me to jet wash a wooden bench. It was probably the highlight of my lockdown. You were like, Loved it. I'm going to put my phone down for an hour, going to go jet wash the flags. I'd be there for like six hours straight. There was my nothing thumb, else to do though, was there? My thumb's still not recovered. We like put a hole through the bench because we're just jet washing stuff. Just for the sake just of it. Just for the sake of it, yeah. You got anything else on your sticky note? Yeah. We sent some people some stuff in the post, didn't we? And we sent one lucky, lucky person some Nando sauce with their thing. Yeah, we did. So I've got a question for you. What is the weirdest thing that you've ever received or sent in the post? I know what the weirdest thing I've sent in the post is. What is it? I played a prank on a teammate. You were involved in this. Oh my God, yes. And we sent a, can only be described as a seductive style dress to... Leather. Latex. (laughs) And the only way I can describe it is that when it was worn, you looked like you were a piece of ham that had been wrapped up in <laughs> string. tight. Because it had bits cut out of it. Um, anyway, we sent this dress to a member of our England cricket team from a fan, in quote marks. Yeah, from a fake fan. <laughs> from a fake fan. Um, and it was absolutely hilarious. And I can still hear that person scream when they opened Same. it. Were we out in the middle? We were we out in the it. Yeah. We were like, oh, they've opened, they've they've opened, opened their it. fan mail. <laughs> yeah. So that's the weirdest thing I've sent, but it was a prank. Yeah. Uh, I think the weirdest thing we received was that hate mail we got the other week. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of which, it has been completely counteracted, hasn't it? Oh, my God. In fact, let me go get it so I get the, get the name of the person right, because I think they're called Dan. You want me to read it? Yeah. <laughs> so you got this from, you went to Old Trafford the other day, didn't you, and picked it up? Yeah, and the manager came in and said, Alex, you've got more mail. I said, oh, more. I said, I'm a bit nervous to open this one. But here we go. Here we go. Hi, all. No, hi, Al. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want me to read it? <laughs> Sorry, I just wanted to be involved. Hi, Al. My <laughs> eldest daughter, Maisie, who is nine, and I love the podcast and enjoy listening to it together. This is weird reading out off actual paper and not an email. We are sorry to hear that you received an angry letter from a listener. It must be understandably upsetting to receive this, and it sounds like you handled it well and talked to others. I hope you're okay. I am now, thank you. Very sweet. We thought it would be nice to send a friendly letter to con to receive instead, along with a gift. We thought the book would provide you and Crossy some amusement and hopefully you won't argue if it's left out next to the toaster. (laughs) So, we've been sent a book called The Humble Spud, (laughs) right? (laughs) How many pages are in that book? There are 144 pages. 
and it is basically the different ways to make spuds. Yeah, and I've never, ever thought about making a vegetable pie with potato pastry, but we can give it a go. <laughs> is that not just a shepherd's pie? I don't know, don't rain on my parade. I've got Sorry. I've got well, I think you picked a bad page there. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I've never thought about making a, a roast potato. <laughs> <laughs> but here, parmesan olive oil and pine nut mashed potato. Yeah, So nice. many ways. Honestly, potatoes are so versatile. The humble spud. So and got... I feel very humbled, so thank you so much. And they went on to say that Maisie and this must be her dad, Dan, went to the final ODI at Canterbury where Crossy took her 50th wicket. Favourite photo of the day below, and it's a photo of me and Maisie. We're at the ground, and she looks dead happy, bless her. And it was a great day, and topped off when Maisie was able to get some autographs and photos with the players, and the players couldn't have been kinder. Maisie spent the whole drive home grinning and carefully holding the signed ball, which now has pride of place, on the shelf. Oh, honestly, Dan, Maisie, thank you so much. I feel like a humbled spud. You are a humbled spud. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, we've actually got spuds in the oven because yeah, we're we making have. a roast, so we won't we won't go on too much with this. But well, one more thing on my sticking note before we go and introduce our guest. You completely, if we did trough and peak a week, which I'm aware we've not done, this would be my trough. You threw me under the bus so hard this week on Twitter that it <laughs> genuinely hurt me. No, I didn't. I kept your name out of it. Oh my God, Al, it was so <laughs> obvious that that, <laughs> that you screenshot a whatsapp message it was so obvious it was from me because you tagged me in it <laughs> do you know what I, I only did that because i knew the receiver would really really like it so i thought we'd just we've got another theory haven't we we have got a theory and i don't know if we spoke about it on the podcast before but i thought we should enlighten people yep got a theory about voice noting Love a voice note. We, yeah, we do enjoy... We, we have phases, don't we? We have phases where we're really particular with how we message each yeah. other. So it'll be like... Videos. We do. We go through a phase of videos. We go through a phase of voice note. And we go through a phase of like one message style WhatsApps or then 17 messages yeah. in a row. You do kind of just follow what the other person does though, don't you? So yeah. if you send me a voice note, I'll voice note back. Yeah. I don't text you back. That is, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, But voice notes, guys... They cannot be over. Ideally, keep them under 30 seconds long. Yep. That's an absolute ideal situation. Mm. Unless you're allowed to go over the 30 seconds if you have a story to tell about the same subject and you need a bit more time to get the details in there, then it can be over 30 seconds. But no more than a minute. You might as well just ring them and, you know, nobody wants that. Yeah. Someone said... um, Something about if it's over two minutes, it's definitely like a start of a podcast or something. <laughs> so you've got to keep it under two minutes for absolute sure. But my agent, Luke, he will send a voice note that's like four minutes long. God, when he first started with you. So now he's like voice noting me. He's like, hi, Al, can you work Tuesday? Bye. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I like it. I like it. So we gave him some rules, didn't we, that... It, no pleasantries get rid of the pleasantries you don't need to do the hi how you doing hope you've had a good sleep get rid now now he's sending them to me to almost <laughs> check them yeah, before he, he sends them to you so, so he, i know what you're up to now he sent me this the other day good morning no pleasantries 30 seconds uh hope you're good still a pleasantry uh, I think today you're going to get the fighting talk topics anyway so that was before i went on to fight and talk he's wanting to make sure i was all right so he said no pleasantries it was actually 27 seconds long. 
Um, he actually said, are you okay? Hope you're okay. Yeah, no pleasantries, but I hope you're okay. Um, and I just replied, nothing to do with his bo- voice note. Nailed it. Smashed it. <laughs> so he sent me that voice note as well, and he said, you'll enjoy this one. But the best bit about it is right at the end of the voice note, he goes, kept under 30 seconds, bye. Does he? Should yeah. I fast forward it? So uh, let me know when the topics come through, and we'll speak then. Less Here we go. seconds, yes. Less than 30 seconds, Yes. yes. We actually had a phase, didn't we, where we were doing the voice notes and it gets 30 seconds and it just stop yeah. and then we start a new voice <laughs> yeah. note. And that's, so that's where the rule of if, you, if it's the same content, keep it in the same voice note. But the problem with it is, is that you can't send a four minute voice note. And remember what's been said at the start. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So what I've started doing with longer voice notes now is type in a reply as I'm listening. So then I know yeah. what I'm, I, I can like. So yeah, I'm good, thank you. Brilliant, <laughs> got that bit. Excellent, thank you. X, Y, Z. Yeah. Anyway, that was on my... Yeah, but you completely threw me under the bus because I made a sarcastic comment on WhatsApp to you about Luke doing us a favour by, I think, probably getting us a guest for this podcast. Rather than spending 55 minutes <laughs> voice noting me. He did like it, though, but sorry, Luke, if you are listening. I loved it. Hope you're all right. No pleasantries. <laughs> Shall we introduce this week's absolute legend of a human? I think we should. Yeah. Right, it gives me great pleasure to introduce our guest this week, Alex. We have got, all the way from Perth at the moment, Jamima Rodrigues. Jamima, welcome to No Balls, the Cricket Podcast. What's up, guys? It's my debut on your podcast. I'm so excited. After so many years, you know. <laughs> We've been threatening to have you on this podcast now for six months. Oh, yeah. So it was actually my mistake. You DM'd me on Instagram, but at that time I wasn't following you, so I didn't have... Uh, like it went it went to the request and I didn't check it maybe and after like we are playing you guys now in the UK I'm like oh crossy messaged me <laughs> so I was like okay fine <laughs> you can do this I'm so sorry for the late reply so it's your fault that you've not been on yeah I, I'm so sorry and <laughs> <laughs> um, so we just spoke about where you are but our first question is where are you and what are you up to yeah so right now I am in Australia we're playing the WBBL we're playing for the Renegades, which is on the top of the table right now. And we're very excited for that. So out of seven games, we won five. One got washed out and we lost one. And tomorrow we're going to play uh, the Scorchers. So, yeah. It always shocks me that in Australia you can have a rained out game. <laughs> oh, yeah. It shouldn't rain over <laughs> That there. should happen in UK. It should happen in UK while it's happening here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Are you enjoying it? Yeah, I'm having a lot of fun. Uh, so this is my first time I'm playing the WBBL. The previous years also we had gotten like teams that approached, but then uh, we didn't get the NOC. And the other time it was that the international games were clashing. So that is the reason we couldn't play. But now it's so exciting to see so many Indians playing also and the standard of the BBL, you know, just to compete with the best people in the world. It's same like the 100, you know, it was so good to be part of the 100. So it's so exciting to, you know, go to another franchise and play apart from the Northern Superchargers. So, yeah. <laughs> Um, Jemmy, we, we actually need to double check because people get your name wrong when they say it. So mm-hmm. I've been told you're Jemima. Yeah. Not Jemima. Right. No. Right. Okay. So I got it right. That's fine. Good start. Good yeah. start. We were actually discussing it before we came on. I was like, honestly, I don't know. I said Jemima. <laughs> no, no, you guys are right. Rodrigues, where has this come from? 
I think Portuguese. It's a Portuguese surname, and surprisingly, I'm wearing a Portuguese jersey today. Is that why? That that was coincidence. Completely coincidence. But uh, I think it's my great 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 grandfather. Something like that. I don't know. My mom was telling me the story, and when she was telling me, I just zoned out because it was so way back. I'm like, okay, <laughs> it's Rodrigues. I can pronounce it. That's more than enough. <laughs> um. Right. Back to the cricket. So your first yeah. time in the WBBL. You said you're enjoying it. How did you find it compared to the hundred? I think the hundred is a totally different format. It was very exciting. It was fun to be a part of. Quick changes. I mean, uh, new new rules. I think for the starting just went and getting to know the rules and how like three four games just went and that. But I think it was very exciting playing the hundred format and also you know getting back to uh, the north. I really love the north and I've been there like in two thousand nineteen for the Kia Supertees and again going there. It was fun and it was good. It was a good outing for me too. I got a lot of runs and uh, compared. To this and now we're playing the Big Bash, so I think just the difference is that Big Bash is this is a season seven, and yeah. the the hundred or the Kia Super League, what was there, it, it doesn't have uh, as many seasons compared to this. So just because they have so many seasons, the girls have more experience, and the more experience you have, you guys know you have played so much cricket. The better you get, the more you're able to do and deliver things in that same situation which you were so many years back. Like you might do something better this time because you learned from there. So I think the only difference is that there are more, they have played more seasons over here. So that's why the the standard might be a little higher. But I'm telling you about England cricket. I think it's going to take off just to see the bench strength and you know the, the domestic girls just coming out and doing so well. Like I've, when we won the hundred, I followed like almost every game just to see the bench strength that you guys are getting now. It's crazy. So I think yeah, England cricket is going to go up from here. Women's cricket, yeah. I mean, every time I checked the scorecard in the hundred, you'd scored runs. Like yeah. you were in ridiculous. <laughs> except form. against, except against your team. <laughs> we just said that. We said we think we stopped your form because we got you out early for the first time in the tournament. Yeah. <laughs> but to say that you had a good outing, Demi, you had an incredible hundred. Like you were leading run scorer for majority of that, and I'm pretty sure if you'd have got through to the knockout stages, whatever they were, the eliminator and the final you'd have probably been the leading run scorer so don't be modest you had an incredible hundred <laughs> yeah yeah it, it was really good because uh before that I was just coming from not such a good series against you guys against England and uh I was kept out for the test then got uh, kept out for the first ODI but then got an opportunity in the second ODI and the third ODI and I did really bad and um I was like okay gone end of my career i'm going to be dropped i won't be in australia i actually thought all that you know and um, also not i was not in a very good headspace at that time because already i was not scoring and a lot of thoughts in my mind and just i was so confused in my batting confusion you know how things are going to go about and so anxious about what's going to happen in the future what's going to happen next and then came the 100 it came like a blessing in disguise for me we stayed back for the 100 and i still remember before the first game i was so nervous Uh, I I I had slept the previous night, and I woke up from a dream. I would rather call it a nightmare. That you know, I'm dropped from from the India squad. I'm dropped from the India oh. team, and I literally woke up in that fear and in that anxiety. That oh no, what's going to happen and things like that. And I still remember that morning. You know, I was very quiet. You know, you normally don't see Jamie quiet, but I was very <laughs> quiet. But I think the turning point for me uh, in the hundred was. I realized that when I was playing for India, I was trying to prove myself a lot. I proved that I belong here. Proved that you know I'm good enough to be at this level. 
because obviously it happens it's very natural you're kept out and then when you get and you want to show everyone okay this is who i am but then uh, what i realized was that uh, during that time during that phase that i read one of virat kohli's interviews and he said when he was in england in his 2014 uh, 14 time and he had low scores he was going through the same thing like he felt so low in confidence he didn't feel like waking up and you know going out there and you know i could relate and something happens when you can relate with someone like i am not the only one going through this so then when he said that and then he said the thing that changed for him was he uh, just played cricket because he loved playing cricket and stopped trying to prove himself and i think in the 100 i went with that mindset like okay anyway nobody has no expectations from you jemmy because you're not scored so nobody really cares or anything like that so just go out there and just just play cricket just have fun and i think that's the thing that changed for me and after that you know just to get the 92 in the first game it was one of the most uh, special knocks for me i would say because of all that i went through a lot of heartbreak a lot of tears a uh, lot of criticism but just to come out there and you know to win that match for the team obviously with the uh, with adr with that partnership but like just to win that game i think you know that's one of the most memorable knocks for me wow i mean i th- i think everyone listening to this can probably relate exactly to what you've just gone through but i think it just goes to show that if virat kohli can go through something like that like anyone can like the best batter in world cricket yeah, or one yeah. of the best batters in world cricket at the minute um so true. but there's so like me and I'll talk about this on the podcast all the time there's so much of that that you don't see from athletes because you you only really see the performances on the pitch you don't see what they mm-hmm. go through off the pitch as well so Right. Um I think the like the incredible that you turned it around so quickly as well because that that series that we played against you it wasn't that much before the 100 was it there's only mm-hmm. like a couple of days right. so yeah you did so well to turn it around. Yeah. I often think as well like when with cricket and professionals like we've all put pressure on ourselves but you've got to remember why you started playing and that's because you right. loved cricket and exactly. how much better do you just play with a smile on your face? I know yeah. that, that's so true, and the, the the thing is that you know that's sometimes the most difficult thing to do, because now every game is watched, everything is on social media, whatever actions you do are so noticed by the world that sometimes you just forget the reason why you stay uh, started playing cricket, and you just take so much pressure about all this. But you know it's a constant effort for me to keep reminding myself that you know I'm not here to play for people, I'm not here to play for anything else. I'm just here to play for that girl who loved holding the bat in her hand that gave her the most joy. I think that's why we started playing cricket and we need to have fun right How did you start playing cricket Jamie were you a little tyke playing or did you pick it up later Um I picked it up very early I would say so I used to play with my brothers my two elder brothers uh, Enoch and Eddie so they used to play uh, just outside our house there's a small lane we call it the gully you, yeah. you might have heard of gully cricket in India yeah, yeah. so yeah. over there i started off playing gully cricket i was uh, at the age of 4 when i started going for practices with them <laughs> so at the age of 3 my grandfather gifted me a plastic bat and i used to play outside and then at the age of 4 i used to go with my brothers so with the boys team only because that time we did know women's cricket existed but yeah that's how it started wow at so very years young old. <laughs> <laughs> I mean you're still really young now. You're how old are yeah, you? Yeah, I'm 21. 21. Wow. <laughs> I feel like you've played international cricket for like 5 years as well. You've been <laughs> I around forever. I, I I feel like I'm a senior now also because Shafali and Richa have come and they make me feel old. So although I'm 21 I I I feel like you know one grandmother over there with two young kids coming. 
Um, so you played in the 100, you played in the KSL, played in the WBBL. How important to women's cricket are these leagues around the world? Because we don't play as much international cricket as the, as the men. So yes. we just want your opinion on how important they are. I think it's very important because the kind of experience you get here, it's not just about playing matches. And yes, that's there. You get to go in that pressure situation every single time. You get to learn so much, okay. And you've been in that situation so much that next time you are there, you know what you have to do. But also that, you know, you get to share the dressing room with the legends of women's cricket in the world. Also, like now I'm getting to talk to y'all. And, you know, y'all have played so much cricket, there's so much experience. And also y'all, you guys can relate that, you know, when you be a part of the team in the 100, like so many people get to learn from y'all and we get to learn from them and, you know, how it goes about. So I think more than anything else, it's that experience that, you know, keeps uh, going and how the coaching keeps going about and go for, uh, and goes forth. So I think more than anything else, it's that. And the more experience you get, I think the better it is. The more matches you play, you know, how much of you practice in the nets, it's fine. But once you go out there, imagine hitting the winning runs for your team. And now going in there and then making your debut for India or making your debut for England, how much more confidence you go out there walking, you know, because you've already played so many matches before. So I think these matches are really important. And it teaches you so much. And there are so many, so many other things you can learn. So I think also it's high time that the women's IPL starts soon. And uh, hopefully, like, we all can be a part of it and, you know, share so much more experience and let Mumbai win and not CSK. And okay. So we, we were going to say, who do you support? So you support Mumbai Indians? All the way. So on a scale of 1 to 100, where do you think we are? Before a women's IPL starts? 100 being like it's going to start tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. So I would say 90, 90%. Oh, because that's it's, good. It's very, it's very close. So I think I'm just speaking in faith. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we're <laughs> but, all but, hoping. But, but we're hoping. But, but no, I uh, like a lot of talks are going on back there in India. And hopefully it will start very soon because it's high time. And even if you go to see that, you know, India has done so well in the last few years. Like we've reached, I think, two World Cup finals, one semi-finals, and unfortunately we lost against England. <laughs> but, but, but I'm I'm just kind of saying that you know, if we get that kind of experience, uh, you know, we want to do well in such important and big game. I think to absorb that pressure and to handle that pressure, the only way we can do it is you know by playing the IPL and such tournaments like the WBBL or the or the hundred. Because uh, it gives you a lot of a lot of pressure playing in front of a crowd, playing under lights. So I think that's the only way, you know, if we want, like I speak for India, like if you want women's cricket in India to improve, I think that's the only way at the moment, you know, cricket in India can improve. And, you know, there is a lot of bench strength. There are so many girls out there playing cricket. Even now I'm following the domestic season that's going on in India. Like, Almost, this is the, I think, the first time so many people have scored hundreds in centuries. And, you know, you can imagine the kind of bench strength that is there. And everyone is a good team, well-balanced, good team. So many youngsters, you never know. You might just get a star. You know, suddenly in the IPL, you'll find a star and that person wins you the World Cup. It can happen. So, yeah. I think, yeah. But, Jemmy, speaking about crowds <laughs> and learning to play in front of crowds, we can't have you on the podcast and not have you talk about that World Cup final. Like playing in front of 86,000 people. What I know the result didn't go your way. We'll just brush that aside. But how was that day? Oh, I think it was more than anything else, it was a win for women's cricket. 
because uh, I was speaking to my teammates just before the game, and they were saying, you know, it's going to be crazy tomorrow because we have played in the stadium where literally there were just five people. You could count them on the bench, yeah. and we got we got to know like a lot of crowds going to come. We didn't know actually they're going to actually be eighty six thousand people. We saw okay maybe it's up and down like forty fifty thousand. But to literally, when we walked in the stadium and came out for warm up, literally that time the entire stadium was almost full, and it was it was a crazy sight. And I still remember, you know, even my mom and my dad had come that time. Oh, amazing! And uh, I, yeah, I was feeling a deep midwicket, and I remember that you know normally I just try to see them in the crowd wherever they are. Always I just like I said, how am I going to spot them in eighty six thousand crowd? But you know, I just looked behind me, and there was like the small small box. Literally, it was like this. A small box, and I could see like two people just coming out and doing like bang high inside the room. I'm like, I was a little embarrassed. I'm like, oh my god, no, don't look back. But then I, I felt so happy, you know, seeing them over there. And I'm like, okay, whatever happens today, I just know that these two people are always going to cheer me on like this, oh. and always going to be there for me. So that was one of the sweetest things for me. But but yeah, it was it was it was a crazy experience just to be a part. And although we didn't win that day, but uh i told this on in my captions on instagram that women's cricket definitely won that day and yeah. just to be a part of that game was i think one of the best memories for me ever and i think nothing can ever beat that or come close to that apart yeah. from if you win it yeah oh uh, yeah correct sorry <laughs> apart from if you win it but in a way i think that australia needed to win that game because it was their home it was like the fairy tale story then wasn't it and like we sh- i know we shouldn't be saying this with an Indian player on the podcast, but it felt right that Australia won. Oh, <laughs> no, we're not there yet. <laughs> no. Did you meet Katy Perry? Oh, uh, no. After oh. the match, everyone was so sad. We didn't even go for a concert. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, it was, oh, no. Yeah, it was Harman's birthday uh, that day. Oh, so, well. sorry. Sorry, we did meet her the previous day, though. She'd come and she'd spoken to us, uh, and we, we had a few pictures. So that was really nice. I forgot. Sorry. <laughs> And um, we've sort of touched on this, but we haven't actually answered it. What has been your career highlight so far? My career highlight? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, I'll still go with my debut, my debut for India. Getting the cap from Harman Preet Kaur and uh, playing in South Africa. I had been doing well in domestic cricket. Like one entire season, I did well. But just the three most important games, that was against Railways. So Railways is like... Uh, Almost the all the ten of them are currently playing for India in our domestic. Okay. Who we play against? So if you do well against them, it's like you're doing well against the Indian team. Yeah. So them and then two challengers games. Challengers is that uh, India A, India B, India C. Against Railways and the two challengers, the the teams I played, I got out on zero one and zero. Oh no. So then all the selectors, yeah. So all the selectors are like, you know, she scores against. uh the easy teams but uh, against these teams she can't score so i don't think we can take her and the next season again i scored in like uh, in domestic in seven games i had some 1013 runs i had a double century in in a wow. 50 over game yeah i scored heavily and then came the challengers and i wanted to play for india so desperately you know it's been my dream but i was so annoyed with myself that when it mattered the most i didn't score so then i had to keep some motivation in front of me So what I did, I went on Google and um, I took a screenshot of the India jersey at that moment, and from one of the pictures, I cropped out my head and I I pasted <laughs> it over there. So I needed something to keep me motivating. So I I used to look at that every day, and I I am quite a spiritual person, so I was like, thank you Jesus, this year I'm going to pray for India. Like literally every day, I used to tell it, 
before stepping out of bed i used to tell that and then we used to go to the theaters and when the national anthem used to play so before the movie they always play the national anthem in india so before the national anthem used to play i used to imagine myself you know standing there with the entire indian team and wearing the jersey and i used to imagine myself singing the the, the national anthem with everyone over there and uh, within 6 months then uh, the challenges happened i i was the third highest run scorer there and i got through in the indian team and wow. when i was standing in south africa and i was singing the national anthem i was thinking am i still in the theater is this real it was it was so good it was so good. i can't describe that feeling so i think that will be the most precious moment for me wow well, they talk about manifesting and how it actually works well you jemmy you are <laughs> I never knew that, Jamie. That's actually incredible. I'd like to have that much motivation and that much drive to do something. That's, yeah, that's outstanding. <laughs> Jamie, you've been amazing. Thank you so much for giving us your time. And thank you for checking your DMs finally. So that you could come on. <laughs> if, I, if I just knew six months back that my life would turn around so much, I would check my DM every day. <laughs> But thank you so much, guys, for having me. It was so much fun. And I love the work you guys are doing. Thank you so much. Thank you guys. So nice talking to you. Jemima Rodriguez. What a hero. What a belter. I mean, I... we got up in the middle of the night for that. Yeah, we did. On reflection, it was 7am. <laughs> <laughs> People are getting up for normal working hours. Well, I've got to, I've got to go. We've got a teammate that goes to the gym at 3am after a shift because it's the only time she can go to the oh, gym. Oh, God. I know. And there's us complaining that we've yeah. got to do work at 7am because this prob- is work now. I know. We probably went to bed at 9pm as well, so we probably got a full nine hours in. <laughs> But how good... I mean, check your DMs, guys. You don't know what opportunities lie in those DMs. Exactly. And just the fact that she was able to be so open and honest with yeah. us as well, like an absolute belter of a human. Yeah. And she's one of those people, ironically, I was talking about how much we post on social media at the start of this episode. You, you see a lot of her on social media, but you don't see the side of it that she explained to us. And like, I would have, I just would have had no idea how much she was struggling in that series against England at the start of the year. Let's start the summer, sorry. But that's almost something we talk about in the dressing room. Like we're aware that she's not scored a run, so make sure we get on top of her early and don't let her yeah. score. But you don't know how that mentally affects people. But that's competitive sport, isn't it? Yeah, like, you're course, not going to be like, oh, is. by the way, she's not scored a run, just give her a half volley. Yeah, like one through your legs <laughs> on the boundary, yeah. No, of course not. But I think, I don't know, I, I guess it's just the different sides of sport yeah. that everyone is aware that she might not score runs and then everyone's pleased for her when she, like, absolutely smashes the hundred but we almost are using that to her detriment yeah. when we're playing against her yeah and but as a as a human as a player you've got to find your own way out of these things yeah. which is what she did so good on her because she's had a, a brilliant summer after that rubbish start <laughs> <laughs> um but i think we can all kind of relate to that story can't we we've all been where she's been and we've all found our ways of doing it and it is just how you find your way out of it which is The main thing, sorry, I had a hair stuck in my <laughs> I can see it, I can get it. Have you got it? Thank you. I've got it. There you go. So thank you, Jemima. Yes, thank you very much. Um, guys, if you want to get in touch, it's... Noballspodcast at bbc.co.uk. It's noballspodcast at bbc.co.uk. It's, it's so, so good, good they've, they've said, said it, it twice. twice. You can tell when we're together because that just... That works. So much smoother. And everybody listening, remember, if you need somebody... You've, You've got, got us. us.
that worked as well. I don't even. I don't didn't <laughs> no even know knew, what that saying was. No, I just guessed. <laughs> By accident. I mean, we didn't do it on purpose. For one last time, let's just all take a minute to congratulate Bavuma on his incredible tournament, his incredible campaign. It was a pleasure to witness, a pleasure to report on. Well done, Australia. <clears throat> See you guys. Bye. And cross strikes in the first over. It's what England were looking for. Hartley falls down the track, comes scoring. This time, Chicken X. It's either six or out. It's six. of the day top 10 podcast gary lineker here to bring you a little message match of the day top 10 podcast is back once again exclusively on bbc sounds it's too late for me now Mark, yeah. Don't you? it's too yeah. late it's hard to get some more dates for match of the day then <laughs> <laughs> yes myself alan and the busiest man in football punditry micah richards return for series five he was never going to man could never ever have allowed Cristiano Ronaldo to have gone to Manchester City. The Match of the Day Top 10 podcast, only available on BBC Sounds.